0: Morning and welcome back to our tap weekly. One step closer with Stacy Harrison and John Sumter. Stacy, how are you? Morning, John.
1: I am doing well. I'm sitting in a hotel room once again, so we're on the road for our five weeks straight of uh, traveling. But both of us are probably enduring here and uh, sitting in New York. So with a nice 60 degree weather, you can't complain. You know, not sunny, but it's not too uh, rainy. So perfect New York weather. So How about you? Or, or you're here as well,
0: right? Well, yeah, I'm in New York, and and you know what? I love the theme song this morning because because my first meeting today was with an Irish trade association that's trying to bring <laughs> Irish talent-oriented companies to the United States, and so oh. it's straight from straight from the meeting into the into the dancing pipes of our well, theme song. Yep, it was perfect. <laughs> perfect.
1: Yeah, and we're at the. And New York's is a great place to be meeting with the Irish uh, Association. Lots going on here in New York. We're here for the ADP event. They're doing an analyst technology session that they usually do at their innovations lab here. So we'll have more to talk about that next week because we'll be getting more details this afternoon.
0: Yep. So what's going on with the uh, world? It seems like this it's time to buy and sell companies.
1: <laughs> that seems to be the uh, – The definite mantra going on right now, if you're in HR technology, um, the HR tech big event that happens in the fall was last week or week before. It's it's all sort of fuzzy at this point. Lots of time that all of us have invested in sort of preparing for that. And now the dam has broken and everybody is doing big deals and big acquisitions and investments and funding. And so we have a lot of stuff to talk about in the mailbag this week. We have Cornerstone um, acquiring Workbox. Now, that happened last week um, and was unveiled at HR Tech, but they're also unveiling a frontline recruiting solution with that. We have Ascentus acquiring Novatime. Um, we also had a brand new update this morning of Limeade acquiring Citrion One, which is a communications platform. Limeade is a sort of an engagement um, benefit um, mobile application. Um, we also have Funding going on. Beekeeper, uh, which is a a Zurich, Switzerland, and San Francisco based communications platform, similar to the one that we just talked about with Limeade, um, got $13 million in Series A funding. Apprenticeship uh, uh, program White Hat raised $4 million in funding. Uh, That one I thought was sort of interesting. We can talk a little bit about apprenticeships. And then there's a lot of stuff going on with the, the sort of workspace that is more business based workspaces. That's Microsoft launching. Uh, a new AI and HoloLens services for workplace, Google Worksites Insights, launching a, a team analysis tool that I think is sort of interesting to talk about. We also saw Topia get investment. So, for those of you who don't remember Topia, they were the move guys originally and then changed the name to Topia. Um, but they just received $250 million, or received funding and became part of the Workday Ventures $250 million fund. And then Paychex acquired an LMS as well. Not acquired it, I shouldn't say. They created a partnership with an organization that we know fairly well, and it has now become part of their LMS um, offering in their application. So acquire is the wrong word to use there. They built it into their program. And then Greenhouse is integrating with IBM Watson. So it's a busy week. If we get to it, we can then talk about IBM and their, their age discrimination issues that they're dealing with. So where do you want to start, John? Such a full week of interesting topics today.
0: Well, you want to go straight to the fun stuff? Let's let's talk about Microsoft, Google, and IBM. The thing that's interesting to me is if you if you look at the artificial intelligence or whatever you want to call the new intelligent tool set stuff, from one perspective, it's sort of way down the road. Over the horizon and coming with you know I think your survey shows six percent of uh, companies adopting it uh, with with another twenty percent uh, assuming that they'll have it you know this year or next year, except no. uh, when I opened PowerPoint last night, there had been a refreshment by Powerpoint and, and in order to get into it and use it, I had to to make a decision about whether or not I wanted to use intelligence. And (laughs) and then I went, then I went to Google spreadsheets and opened up a spreadsheet and it wanted to know if I wanted to use intelligence as part of it. So, so this stuff is coming sort of under the doors into the organization. And that's part of, part of what we're going to talk about with, um, with Google, IBM, and Microsoft is, is they have this, they all have this sort of leach your way into the system um approach with AI and talent related initiatives and workplace related initiatives, right? So the so the HR department is going to get boxed from multiple sides on the intelligent tools front. And I don't think I don't think that people are really prepared for the fact that it's right now that it's happening, not Some distant future. I agree
1: completely. I mean, on the HR tech floor, you know, it was a very distinct difference. We had already talked about this between sort of these Microsoft, IBM, you know, know, traditionally sort of business-based system technologies, Google um, showroom floor environments compared to what we would consider the traditional HR technology software. But they were there and they were there with a big presence, um, which was more homey and more come, you know, come talk to me. We're sort of we're going to be sort of an interesting partner in the middle of your environment. And and um, on, on, on the AI and the HoloLens is built into their Dynamic 365. And Dynamic 365 is primarily the sales tool, but they are building it out as a total work environment. Right. Um, and so they talk here about how they're leveraging it for training and how they're leveraging it for. Um, announcements and communication and the ability to see things up front and how they're going to leverage that artificial intelligence for even broader uh, predictive analytics that will have to do with not just their sales initiative, but the workforce and the training. And as you said, it's going to be there sort of as a, as a something that's part of another technology, it may seem, but it's very, very much in the HR wheelhouse. Um, and Google... Right.
0: Well, cool. well, and they, and oh, they have ahead. a talent module. They have a talent module, um, and so yeah. <laughs> there is an ATS involved, and, and there will be various. You know, it says training. That means LMS and all the rest of the learning yeah. development stuff is there. So, 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 like Google and like IBM, um, these these players were not necessarily. Um, well, they're not legacy. HR tech companies, but they're the next generation of HR tech companies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, and they're approaching it with, with, you know, like you said, they have a talent module, but you know, if you look at everything they put out, it's, it's not focused on we're HR or we're talent. It's focused on we're dealing with sales or we're dealing with business issues. Um, the Google one is, is a great example where they're talking about teams. They're doing a work insights where they're allowing as long as you have 10 or more people on your team, they're analyzing the use of the productivity tools, as they call them, to see where people are being the most efficient and effective in working. Something me and you have talked about, but they're actually starting to do it already, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, so no, it, 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 it's happening. That, that's that's what, what, what I'm saying is, is that while the legacy companies are slowly moving into AI, um, these. Um, Large I would call them cloud service providers uh, are coming to the party full tilt with AI as the front of their of their offering and um, I think what you're going to see over the next couple of years is a progressive battle over between these these companies which have raw capacity and the legacy companies which have accumulated expertise um, and And it's going to be a fight.
1: I think the risk that we run here, and this is my concern about, you know, I've always been a big proponent of sort of productivity tools being part of the HR conversation, but I do think there's a risk in that all those tools, there's so much coming at it from a business perspective. They don't, and I'm going to say this goshly, because they're very large companies and they have a lot of people within their organizations who I'm sure are doing very, very deep thinking, but they're not deep in the HR conversations about ethics and compliance a lot of times you know when you're talking to them it's not should we do it but yes we can do it and let's deal with the sort of impact of what it might happen and come out afterwards and so that might be the only thing i think a fear that that happens with some of these larger companies who are looking at it from a business perspective and maybe not from a people perspective
0: right you know but they all they all have aggressive talent oriented operations um i don't i don't Think any of them are currently trying to be in the compliance business, but but you know if you were Oracle or SAP or Workday or Ultimate Software, you'd hate to get pigeonholed as the compliance providers, right? And so and so <laughs> so yeah, I, I get I get your point, but it's but but if you want to curry favor and develop business. Um, compliance is, is sort of a, a hygiene factor. It's one of those things where uh, you can't do without it, but it doesn't motivate anything. Uh, and I, and I get so, that completely. <laughs> Nobody gets right, up
1: and,
0: and and excited and, about compliance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, so I think that that what you just described is like almost the worst position the incumbents could take, which is we know all about risk mitigation and compliance, um, and these other people just know about business. I think that's the <laughs> fundamental criticism <laughs> that HR hears over and over and over again, is that they don't know anything about business and they know everything about compliance. Um, yeah. and, and and so uh, that's, I think that's where the vulnerability is in the market, and, and these companies, and- they're much more interested in selling, processing, and storage generally than than billing discreetly for HR services at an enterprise level, right? So no, they have different I, price points. I
1: agree, points but too. but I still think it's a risk. Don't you think it's a risk that, you know, if they're not thinking about it, the other systems don't want to be put in that pigeonhole. But we run the risk of getting systems that run away with, um you know, my, my favorite example is email. We love email, and we love to hate email. It's this wonderful tool that came about, but no one really thought about how it would create an environment where you're 24-7 available to work, right? And now that is what we're dealing with in most cases, correct? And that's
0: that's right. That's right. But, but I hope you're not suggesting that what's about to happen is people are going to get sensible about the unintended consequences <laughs> of their technology purposes. <laughs> purchases. Because that <laughs> isn't going to happen. Right? <laughs> um, shiny new object right. to grab. <laughs> no sensibility in the HR space and
1: the business space gadget. Gotcha. Well, maybe one other way to look at this is um, the Greenhouse announcement with IBM. So this is an interesting one where Greenhouse is integrating IBM Watson um, AI powered recruitment features into their tool. Now, I, I mean, we've heard of partnership before, but this is the first big announcement I think I've heard where a major, you know, vendor is kind of saying, look, we're going to be powered by what IBM is doing, at least at the AI level. Do you think that's going to be a vision that will be different from what we're seeing from the Microsofts and the Googles, or do you think eventually all of the vendors will have to pick someone that's going to
0: be their, their primary AI? Well, that's certainly one point of view. Right, it's certainly one point of view. I think that Google is looking to do exactly the same thing. And so they're they're taking a different path. You, you know, um, um, IBM has an extraordinary um, uh, understanding of how to do large-scale partnerships and integrations, uh, and so that's how it'll look coming out of IBM. Google has, I think, Google has three thousand clients using their search interface for employment websites, and so so they don't they don't post a um, uh, press release for each one of those things, and they don't talk about integration. But once they have the Trojan horse in place and their search capability inside of the company, then they can expand, and they've got an ATS and they've got. Um, uh, a hyper competitive uh talent framework um that 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 sets up a direct competition with IBM and, and and my take is that currently that's where the the action is in this space with Microsoft coming to the party next followed by Amazon and then followed by Facebook um and and they will be competing to get in the door right yeah. um um, the the oh, Greenhouse right, no, no. announcement is fascinating. The Greenhouse announcement is just fascinating. Those, those folks over at Greenhouse are agile. They're, they're right around the corner from here in New York City. I should have, I should mm-hmm. have thought to stop to see them this visit. Um, uh, but But they are quick to move when something is right. And IBM is very much showing up partnerships right now with the legacy providers to be their sort of middle layer of intelligence.
1: And, and I think that's gonna be the big, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, you know, when you're making buying decisions, you know, the conversation about the software is going to become a less and less important conversation. Um, and the conversations about who you're partnering with and to some extent what your data is based off of is going to be um a bigger conversation that takes place when you're when you're making buying decisions. So this is this is stuff that's really relevant to buyers if they're paying attention to what's happening down the road, right? That's
0: right. I the, the way that buying is done is changing pretty rapidly because what what you're interested in is the complexity and sophistication of the ecosystem and the okay. point of view of the vendor. So, so the interesting thing about the IBM um, overlay uh, <clears throat> is that they don't change the vendor's point of view. They execute the vendor's point of view. So they're providing intelligence as a commodity. And Google is a little less intelligence as a commodity and a little more we're selling you a point of view. Uh, But they're after the same clients. They're after the exact same clients in the final analysis.
1: Well, it'll be something to watch. And then we're going to see a lot of the traditional stuff still happening. Um, You know, the Cornerstone um, purchase is a great example of that. So they picked up WorkPop, and WorkPop is a software that primarily has been sort of hourly workforce hiring, right? It's it's a a smaller tool set. It's based in the hourly workforce space. And um, Cornerstone basically had invested in them through their innovation fund. And this is one of the many we're starting to see of those innovation fund tools where people are kind of like, we're going to invest in you until we see some value in you. And now they've picked them up um, as part of their sort of retail, manufacturing, healthcare, sort of talent acquisition space. Uh, lots of these ideas that we're going to invest in these small firms, bring them into our ecosystem. Uh, is that another way of doing what you're talking about? Is, there, is Cornerstone, they're expecting that they're the data underneath. And so they're bringing the small innovative guys in, in their process, or is it a way of sort of developing out uh, tool sets without investing a great deal of your own uh, uh, time into it? Is is there a, a data play there as well? Do you think?
0: Uh, <clears throat> there, there's got to be a data play there, but but I think what we're seeing is um, the the real change in the way that research and development is done in technology, right? and and that's that's interesting I think I, i'm I'm a little nervous that this new approach um, is does not make the the national technology competitive level grow but but this is just mimicking what the VCS are doing right? the VCS are investing in small organizations that are required to do r&; d while they generate cash flow and it, it was the case in the 20th century that that R and D was never required to generate cash flow because cash flow distracts from uh, solving the technical problem. Uh, and so so there's there's some luck so far, um, and it's certainly it's certainly the new model. Whether or not it sticks, we probably still have three or four years to tell whether or not this is actually the new way of doing things. Yeah, do yeah, definitely. I
1: mean The Topia and Workday Ventures um, is a very similar conversation. Now, Topia has been around for a little while, which is as MoveGuide, um, and now they're moving into the Workday Ventures software partner, but with, I think, the same idea of if we invest in them, if we sort of manage them a little bit while they're growing, there'll be a better acquisition opportunity down the road if we decide to acquire them, right?
0: Topia, where do you suppose they got that name? I I don't know. I I I missed this (laughs) year. I missed the shift. It's like it's like somebody cut off the last three syllables of a Disney title. Um.
1: <laughs> I know, When but there there is there's a rationale behind it. We talked about it. I can't for life me remember what it is. Um, I really love this product because it's, it's all about mobility, and I think uh, Bryn, who's uh, was the CEO and president, <coughs> um, has done an amazing job connecting services and technology in a way that just. In this space, when you talk about people who are transitioning from um, one location to another, or are moving for a job, or are moving internationally for a job, just never had sort of these all tied together uh, capabilities and services. But um, yeah, the name I, I want to say has, has thrown me a bit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so. no, that's that's okay. So so this is Leanne Levinson, right? She she is yes. the quarterback of Workday Ventures.
1: Yes. She, she's, she's heading up the Workday Ventures. Um, so she has a comment, I think, in the uh, press announcement about this and uh, saying that, you know, she feels that this is going to be, you know, a great way to sort of invest in Topia's, um focus on um, managing global talent from a, a mobility perspective. Um, I think this is a big topic that a lot of organizations aren't talking about. There's not many organizations that deal with it the way that they. uh, Bryn has done uh, her technology here along with the services connection. So I thought this was a smart investment, to be honest, um, naming aside, but um, it'll be interesting. This is the first time I've seen them pick up an organization that's been around quite that long. You know, maybe I haven't paid attention as much, but it seems like this is an organization a little bit more. the stable been around for a couple of years compared to some of the other newer ones they usually invest in.
0: Huh? So Paychex. Paychex is is using a white labeled version of Bridge. And Bridge, is, Bridge was one of, yeah. Bridge, Bridge was one of the. companies Bridge is one of your organizations. Yeah, you know, Bridge is one of the companies on the 2019 HR Examiner watch list um, as most interesting AI oriented organization. And their LMS is development oriented. You know, performance management um has often been about making a list of the stuff that you didn't do last year so that we can figure out how to fix you. Uh, And and there's an emerging idea that performance management is really just a learning process and that the object of a performance management system is to develop employees. And that's what Bridge does. Bridge offers the integrated uh, LMS and performance management tool that allows a supervisor to have all of the resources that they need to help somebody develop. And so, so it's interesting to see that in the Paycheck Suite.
1: Well, I, you know, Paychex has been making some really smart moves in the last um, uh, couple of years. They've invested in, you know, solutions that tie to not just their audience, but to their partner audiences, such as in, such as the the, the um, uh, tax and, and financial advisors who deal with uh, the business for small businesses. They're, they've been investing heavily in their user experience, which I think is now rolled out everywhere in their application platform, the update to that. Um, and they've really been investing pretty aggressively in sort of building out that entire sort of, if you would call it, suite of HR products. And I think, you know, learning was one of the last few things. And I know from our data at Sierra Cedar, learning roles are on the increase. And learning is a big topic for SMB and mid-market organizations. It's their one thing that they're using from a competitive perspective. I think um, to address the um, uh, issues with uh, Uh, low uh, availability of skill sets right now. Um, And so I thought this was a really smart move on their part, um, not just to launch an LMS as part of their overall package, um, but to to make sure that their partner is someone who I think is on the cutting edge of things uh, and not just picking up some, any, you know, any LMS in the market at this point.
0: Yeah, this is, this is a great, this is a great, great move. Paychex is doing interesting stuff. So what else didn't we get to? We could talk about IBM's age discrimination lawsuit.
1: Well, we could. It, it, this one is, um, I, you know, I saw this come across the, the 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 newswire, and I and I and I have been watching the tweets and the announcements about this. And you probably get a little bit more um, because of um, uh, you know you have a, a legal person. Who you have a direct access to on a regular basis, um, but you know this is. I can remember during the downturn when they started. We started seeing IBM making layoffs. Um, that I was thinking, boy, they're they're really cutting big parts of the organization. And that well, well, this is IBM shifting from traditional HR technology or traditional technology in general is a better way to put it to this data management layer. It was their their big shift, and they've done big shifts multiple times in their, you know, existence. Um, but that requires basically cutting areas that are no longer in their long-term vision. And those generally, I would assume, would have people who have been working for the company for a long time who are also um, more mature in their age. Um, does this uh, age discrimination lawsuit have a, um, you know, are, are you seeing this as something that HR technology can have a have a say in is it because that we now have more availability of data that we can see this better than what they've done before
0: Oh you know age discrimination is is a tricky tricky topic uh, I don't you know on the practical side as a as as, as an organization leader I don't know how you cut existing product lines out or trim them back or turn them into cash cows without directly penalizing people who have been there for a long time. And I don't know how you do that. That's, that's, that's a very, very challenging thing to to do. Um, And at the same time, there is a, a level of perception of people who are gray haired that that is uh, perhaps nastier than any of the other kinds of discrimination. Uh, now, you, you know, that, that opens, you know, me being a, a white older guy saying that probably opens me to a, a, a universe of horrible criticism. And, and I don't mean to do anything but to notice that, that if you're over 40 in Silicon Valley, it's hard to find a job. Uh, and and so and so when they say age discrimination, they may not be talking about people uh, sort of wandering off to the old folks home. They may be talking about people with kids in high school. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, no, I uh, yeah,
1: completely agree.
0: Yeah. And so and so 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 I don't know I don't know how you solve the problem because. Uh, businesses evolve, and people who evolve inside of the businesses get old. And what what you do when you're cutting back and redirecting the business is it's like pruning a tree. And you don't prune the new stuff. Generally, you prune the old stuff. And I don't know how you solve it.
1: The the way that it that it was solved, you know. So so my dad was an educator for many many years and teacher, and you know. The challenge with teachers is that once you get certain levels of degrees, your master's degrees and programs, and once you have certain levels of working in the school systems for many years, your salary just becomes very expensive. Um, And those salaries basically uh, become an issue if you want to leave one school district and move to another school district, because hiring you isn't something that they can sort of have too much say in. I mean, as long as there's other people who are qualified with yours, but they aren't allowed to let you go when they start doing layoffs because of the union requirements, right? And then I think it's the only way they've maintained that because otherwise they would often let go of the teachers who have been around longer and bring in newer teachers just surely because of the cost of their salaries, right, from a from a benefits perspective. And I think, you know, there's some of that uh, that goes along with the actual Overall discrimination against age, right? Is the salary requirements of anyone who's been in business for a long time and continue to increase? Now, the goal would be that you would value also the long term experience in that person in the background and the, the things they bring to the job. But in the US, particularly, we're, we don't value that um, experience as much as we, um, as may be seen in other countries in some cases. And so I think it's a challenge to understand both compensation issues along with the desire for uh, youth in some cases,
0: right? <laughs> yep, yeah, and I'm going to guess that, as usual, IBM is leading the way in something that's about to become a, a sort of a cultural phenomenon. And yeah. As as we turn into 21st century stuff, the generational shift will probably be hurried along by layoffs. Well, and, and on well, that bright note... <laughs> We
1: have wrapped up our our, our week already.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What a great conversation. Thanks, Thanks, Stacey. This has been a good one. Definitely. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks again, Stacey. Bye-bye now. Thanks, everyone. Bye.